Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So like when you watch me on tape and you watch them, it's two different animals you're looking at. What kind of animal are you? <laughs> I'm a dog. I'm a dog. Man, I don't know about them, but you know, I always feel like I'm the, I'm the biggest, biggest dude on the field. Being from South Florida, you know, I mean, we just kind of different. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alert so you can get the show right away. Pat P, what are we going to cover on this episode? Well, Matt, man, we got a lot to talk about this episode, but a few episodes ago, we talked about how it was having family members that play in the league. And we got two guys, two young studs who dad was some Pro Bowl players. And I mean some top-notch Pro Bowl players. We got J.C. Horn and we got Asante Samuel Jr., Holding it down on both corners. We both this, this time, Matt. We both gonna take a break this this, this week. We are gonna let the young boys sit. Them. So we got the young okay boys. We got some great conversation with the young boys this this episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All things covered, listeners and viewers. If you guys have been following the show, you know exactly how it goes. First quarter, here's where we chopping it up. And in this chopping it up segment, we're going to take you guys into the life of draft prospects. We've been doing that over the last few weeks, being, trying to give you guys uh, the feeling of how it feels to be a draftable player. Pat mentioned it in the intro. We have two outstanding up-and-coming corners that will be drafted high in this upcoming NFL draft. So in this chopping it up segment, we're going to take you guys into the pre-draft workouts. Pat P got drafted. I got drafted. And upon us getting drafted, we had to go somewhere to get into the training element to be able to put up outstanding numbers at the combine during our pro day to be able to go as high as possible. And Pat P, you put up astronomical numbers at the combine, but you had to train to be able to be precise and consistent and giving the world what they wanted to see from you. So t- take us into what your draft, your pre-draft workout was and how consistent it was and some of the unique things you were able to do to be able to run that fast 40. Man, um, it was a joy, actually. Man, I loved every minute of that process, being able to train. I felt, almost felt like a fighter. I almost felt like a boxer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You get ready for that big night just to – to show everybody everything that you've been training, everything that you've been working for and working towards that you put it on tape right now. So, man, that process for me was unbelievable, man. I had opportunity to, to, to work out in Florida, work out with my dad, world class speed at, uh, FAU. Um, so that was, that was awesome. And, um, you know, it was a grind every day. It was a grind every single day. But the biggest shot to me was, um, I didn't, I, I never was really worried about like my weight. Or whatever, but I always was a like a big a big boy, so I never weighed myself throughout the process, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember going to the uh to the thing, and I remember watching like the draft, like uh, the combine stuff on TV or whatever. And still, Mac, I ain't weighed myself the night before, 
I ate good, some good pasta and everything. Cause I'm trained, you know, I'm, I'm in the hallway the night before, you know, getting my 40, you know, my forms and all that stuff down past. So I was like, man, I ain't having a good dinner. Cause you know, I want to be make sure cause I absorbed all my energy that day. So I want to make, give me some good pasta. Make sure I got me some good energy and just, you know what I mean? Just let that thing go, uh, tomorrow. Man, I got on that scale. I think it was John Lott. Shout out to John Lott. Coach Lott. I think, yeah, I think John Lott would call out the weights. Yeah, he'll call out the weights. He also, he was a bench press guy. Uh-huh. So, uh, Coach John Lott was like, two, one, nine, seven. I was like, damn. <laughs> what, I'm 219? I ain't never weighed myself, Matt. So now, so the entire draft process, working out, you never got on the scale. Never weighed myself. I'm, I'm just worried about just training, like, cause I ain't worried about like how heavy I am. I know I'm, I'm gonna perform. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going, I'm gonna perform. Especially well, now. What did you think you weighed, Pat? What you thought I you weighed? I was around like, cause I, I, I went into LSU at 205, so I always was like a big yeah. boy. And you knew, yeah. like, you know, in college it began all this creatine, all this, all this powder. You work yeah. out every damn day, so I was just gaining a number of muscle. Um, I thought I was like 210, though, 211, 210. Man, <laughs> he said 2198. I said, damn. Wait a minute. So yeah. let me ask you this question. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, if you were 210, 208. Man, I would have, man, I would have listened. I would, I would have been like Dion. I would have kept running. You think you, <laughs> you, you could have clocked 4 2 if you, if you were, if you would have been that light? Man, no doubt about it, man. I'm telling you, cause I had no clue I was that big. I thought that weight wasn't, you know, cause I worked out every day. It wasn't yeah. like I was just, just chilling. You know what I mean? So I worked out every single day. I mean, every day, even on Sundays going doing beach workouts. Like, like when I say it was like a boxer mentality, that's how I trained every single day. So like I said, I really never cared about my weight. And like, I, that was the least of my concerns. But when he said that two nights, I was like, damn, <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm, that's kind of big. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I ended up going out there, you know, my numbers backed it up. You know, I ended up running the, you know, the four three four, you know, jumped out the building, ten what, ten nine, I think, ten nine, ten eight mm-hmm. on the bar jump, low sixes in the, the three cones. So, you know, everything that I that I worked for though, everything that I prepared myself for throughout the, you know, the process of getting myself prepared for that, it definitely showed, you know, so I grind, man. Like, you know, Mac, you, you came to a couple of sessions, you know, no when question. I was, you were still in the league, you know, at the time. So, you know, I worked, I worked my tail off every day. So, and it showed. Yeah. How so was right, it? Because I know you went to, um, New Orleans. You know, or, uh, yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. I Damn, was there. Man. I was there right before Katrina. Um, yeah. Working out with the legendary great Tom, Tom. Shaw. That's his yeah. name. Tom. Florida State guy T Shaw. Uh, it was it, it was a good experience for me because you know Tom Shaw was a a well known you know trainer you know getting guys ready for the draft so there was a lot of other players there uh, uh that were a part of my class that were there you know a lot of fellow DBs so we we got a chance to train together one unique thing about Tom Shaw though Pat P he was gonna make sure you were in shape yeah we used to run so much we used to run uh Tom Shaw facilities in New Orleans was off of Williams Boulevard if I'm not mistaken and we used to run to the canal. Mm. Where they had the big boat, the the trolley looking boat. Yeah, man, we used to have to run there and run back, and that could have been almost like ten miles. That used to be the warm up. Oh, that's the warm up. Like, Coach Shaw, what you doing, man? I ain't no cross country <laughs> runner. Like, you gonna run me home, man? I'm not. I, I sounded to run the forty. Hey, man, to Tom, do my drills. That's how I like. Hey, we used to <laughs> run to the trolley and run back, and you know you. 
you competitive, so you don't want to be in the back of the line. Right. You know what I mean? You don't want to be back there with the offense and defense alignment. So, man, we used to have to do that, man. We did that like at least twice a day. And uh one thing Tom Shaw used to do for us, man, like on Saturday, Saturdays would be a bonus day. So we would come in on Saturday, and he, that's when he would emphasize stuff, you know, for the bench press, you know, repetitions and stuff like that, burnout. So we will do a whole bench workout on Saturday, and then at the end, he'll go get a full deck of cards, fresh deck of cards. Oh, yeah. So he'll shuffle the cards up real nice. So all of us, if it's a group of – if it's 15, you know, 12, it doesn't matter how many people, one person will always pluck a card off the deck. Whatever card comes up, that number, you know, you do that amount of push-ups along with that amount of sit-ups. So if you get a face card, face cards count as 10, just like the number 10. So anytime he flip a card over, or we got 10 push-ups, we got 10 full sit-ups, right? No one holding your legs. You know, when you got someone holding your legs doing sit-ups, it's a little easy. It's it's easier. So Mm -hmm. T-Shaw would be like, no, y'all got to get this core together. You know what I mean? So we're going to work on this uh, bench, and you're going to work on this core at the same time. So we have to go through the deck of cards, go through it, and then go through it again. Mm. So by the time you get to that second deck, Man, you, you can't even no, you can't even out. you can't even scratch your shoulder. You know what I mean? Okay. Trying to take a shower. I can't even wash my back because I'm so tight. But I can tell you this much: he had your core right. He had your hey, core I, right, I, and your lungs were right. Yeah, I remember them uh, them Wednesday beach workouts in Orlando. I'm not beach, a pool workouts in Orlando on that resort. Oh, you remember? Yeah, oh, yeah. Going, yeah. Running toward, running uh, the opposite way with the current. Uh huh. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. The lazy river. No question, Pat. I had man, I had, you were getting a tip top. I mean, top tier training in high school. I know, man. That's what I said. Man. I was, I was, I was blessed, man, to see it, to see it before. You know, I was able to really live it. So that's why I think it, it came easy to me. You know, once I was able to be in the league, far as knowing how to train in all season, far yeah. as knowing what type of food to put in your body, far as you know how to travel, you know how to. The most important thing is how to manage your time. Mm-hmm. You know, do all of that, especially when you have a wife, kids, you know, other things that you may want to do, you know, throughout the day. So that's that I think that's definitely something that guys lose the art of of managing their time throughout the day, making sure they're making the most of it um throughout their day. No doubt, no doubt. And those are some things that for you guys that are watching us on YouTube, I hope everybody's subscribing to our YouTube page. We thank you for the viewers that we currently have. And the same can be said for the podcast. You guys want to get your workout on? Go ahead and get your nice one for about six miles. <laughs> or you want to get your nice core and push up workout? Go through a deck of cars and, 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 and leave us a five star question about that experience we love to hear some of the, the normal viewers that we have that are not as athletic go through a deck of cards at least two times and let's see how that experience was for you we would definitely would love to answer or talk about it here on the show ha! all right second quarter second quarter where things kind of change up a little bit coaches got to make the adjustments players got to make their adjustments and here on our show when we talk tap into the second quarter this is the favorite part of a lot of people's show has pat heard then we need to get some t-shirts with pat p face has pat heard this is the part of the show where we ask pat random sports related questions because during the off season if you're new to the show pat p travels he moves around a lot he plays a lot of golf you know he's working out so he's not really in tune to about in tune with what is going on in the sporting world. So we decided to implement this part of the show. Currently, Pat's record so far, he's 13 of 22 stories that he's heard before. So he's gotten 13 right. He's gotten 22 wrong. 
This is a big one right here for Pat P. Starting off the show, has Pat heard? Sam Donald just got traded. Damn. To who? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. What? You said to who? I just saw that they had him at the the face of the ticket office the other day. (laughs) Of the ticket (laughs) center. Hey, hey. Hey, hi, hi. Hey, how, how it started and how it's going. You know the little meme they be having on social media now? Yeah, how it started was his face was on the ticket office. How it's going, he's no longer hey, with the I Jets. Saw, I saw Adam Scheffler. He had tools, He had posted, it was like, man, do the ticket office know something we don't? <laughs> so well, I thought he said, where did he go? He just I, got I, I haven't heard. You haven't heard that. It just happened today. Breaking news everywhere. Oh, okay, good. I'm happy it happened two days ago or something like that. I'm, no, it ain't happened right, two I'm days. It just happened today. Well, he got we traded to, to the Carolina Panthers. What? <laughs> and guess what they gave up? What? They gave up a sixth-rounder this year, a fourth-rounder. Carolina gave this up. Yeah, Carolina gave up a sixth-rounder this year, a fourth-rounder this year, and a second-rounder next year. Y'all got gave up a second What? No, no, Miami gave y'all a second-rounder for Josh Rosen a few years ago, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken. No. Hey, but tell me this though. Um, what pick is is the Jets this year in the um? I'm not Jets. The number, uh, number two. Carolina Panthers. Okay, Carolina had the eighth pick in this year's draft. Now they said the Panthers were thinking about taking a quarterback. Now this they move makes sense. A quarterback, huh? They sh- I thought they was gonna take definitely take a quarterback because they got a lot of quarterbacks in this draft that fits. You know, uh, what's the coach name out there again? Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt, and Joe Brady. Uh, and you got Joe yeah, Brady. Yeah, exactly. Play. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft that fits, you know, what they're looking for. Well, the thing and is with that, the Panthers, I, I, I guess they felt like whatever quarterback they can get their hands on at the eighth pick probably isn't the same level as Sam Donald. Sam Donald might be a few notches ahead of them, right? Because all the top, oh, top, man. top tier guys would be gone. Huh? They can't be thinking that because they gave up too much. But Patty only gave us, they gave it one second round. They gave us a six and a fourth. You know, six yeah. rounders don't even really make the team. I get that, but you still can find some dimes in the rough. You can, right. you can, you can. But the thing yeah. is, look at this. They still, they got their quarterback in place. If it don't work out, you're only basically losing a, a second rounder. If it don't he work out. Money though too. Did he just sign a big deal? No, he's still in his rookie deal. Okay. Yeah. They blessed him. Yeah. They yeah he's still in his rookie deal. And you can add another piece to the puzzle with the eighth overall selection. So look at this scenario. This is why I think I mean, it makes sense. Quality, it's not like he's not a bad quarterback. I mean, he's Pat a- P. Adam Gates made Ryan Tannehill look like some slaw, some cold slaw. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's not like he's not a bad quarterback. Well, I like to see him in a different system because obviously everybody who's been around Adam has not been, you know, very successful. But, um, I yeah. think. I think, you know, he could throw the ball now. It's not like he's not he a could, bad quarterback. He just didn't have sound structure around him. Right, right. But I just think with, I don't know, he, he is kind of mobile too, so I don't know, it might work out. A change of scenery may work. help because we thought Ryan, we thought Ryan Tannehill was some cold slaw until yeah. he went to Tennessee. <laughs> some cold you know, slaw. You know, you get the wrong batch of cold slaw, it don't taste too good. You know, you can't eat yeah, everybody's that's cold slaw. Man, that's no question. That cold yeah, slaw, man. How they do it, Mac? No, I don't want no coleslaw. We thought Ryan Tannehill was some coleslaw until he got to Tennessee, got away from Adam Gates. So maybe this could be a situation. It might, it might, it might, might, this might definitely be, you know, something that can help. (laughs) The next question for Pat P. Your former coach, Bruce Arians, 
Got a oh, Super Bowl yeah. tattoo. You yeah, saw the tattoo. Saw yeah, I saw that. Okay. I saw the tattoo. He got his tattoo. He he made a promise. Uh, yeah, okay. He made a promise when the yeah, Bucks won the Super Bowl, he'd get a tattoo. Yep. Yeah. If you get if well, heck, I would ask you, would you get a tattoo Super Bowl? But that won't be crazy for you because you got a whole bunch of tats. So <laughs> yeah, I already got some, but I ain't getting no more tattoos. I'm done with that. Okay. So you want you want a Super Bowl this year, Minnesota Vikes? You ain't getting the. Nah, you get no tattoo. Nah. You sure? The Lombardi. Okay. And get ready for the next one. You gonna get the, the skull? <laughs> you gonna get the skull clap? Yeah, get the skull. Yep. All right. Next question for you. NFL could loosen, uh, could loosen the jersey number restrictions. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. I'm trying to get said, man. The hell with all that. I'm trying to rock said this year. You trying to get said? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Sam. So you wait a minute, boy, boy. If they Sam. actually do that, you you really want to change your number to seven? I want to rock Sam, not seven. Sam. Wow. And for yeah. the for the listeners and viewers that are watching yeah. us, the NFL they're thinking thing. about they're thinking about changing the, the rule. So uh, notable corners could wear any jersey number from one through forty nine yeah. instead of twenty through forty nine. Also, Sam. linebackers could wear numbers from ninety through ninety. 90 through 99 linebackers. Offensive skill position, positional players could wear any jersey number from 1 through 49. So Pat P would get number 7. I like No, Sam. Sam. Pat P would go up to number <laughs> Sam. All right. Oh, let me see if you hear, if you heard this. It's the Masters week. All right. All right. So we got a big time question for you regarding the master. Do you know who the favorite to win the tournament is? Um, I don't know who's the favorite. If I had to take Wait, a wild guess, I'd say. You get two guesses. We give you two guesses. Oh, you give me two? Yep. Dustin Johnson probably got to be one of them. That's one. Okay, you got that one right. Yeah, uh, that dude just playing unbelievable right now. And like, like his coach said, like he's the closest thing right now as far as intimidation, as far as his, his, his skill set. Mm-hmm. When he's on, he's like Tiger Woods. Like, and he's, he, I, I, Ain't nobody he's, he's nine to one. He's the favorite. Yeah. So well, yeah. who else would be after <laughs> DJ? Uh, after him, uh, I'll probably say Xavier Shoffley. He's no. not even in. He's not even in top six. Okay, my my next. I, I got the first one right, so I get another guest. Then, uh, man, much as I want to say, I know they don't have. Oh, what is that? <laughs> Like, what is that? Is Superman? Huh? You supposed to know what that is, man. The logo, man. <laughs> oh, Jordan Speed? Yeah, he's a second. He's a second. He's a really? second favorite. Yeah, that Jordan. Oh, really? Jordan I know, I yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Jordan just won uh, this past week. Man, Jordan been playing really good all Ten season. To one. He just haven't. Yeah, he he haven't been able to, to close the door. But he closed that door Sunday. He played, uh, he played okay Sunday to, to get the win, but, uh, he's been playing well all season. And plus he, he won there, you know, a couple times or one time mm-hmm. and, and, and been in contentions there every time he plays. So this course actually sets up great for Jordan because he don't hit the ball very long, but he's a great iron and putter. So, uh, I can see, I can see Jordan being in, in, in that final group, him and, him and Dustin yeah. in the final group on Sunday. The top six goes as 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 listed: Dust, uh, Dustin, Jordan, Justin, Bryson, John Rom, friend the friend of the show, and Roy McIlroy. And yeah, I think. Go ahead. I would say in November. Remember the Masters happened in this uh, in this past November. You yeah. you, you pick Bryson. 
Who are you, who are you picking this time? I'm a I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Dustin. Like I said, uh-huh. when Dustin's on, he's pretty good. But for some odd reason, and that's almost like his home course because he grew up not too far from there, so he played that course all the time. But I don't know what it is because he hits the ball. I don't know if he hit the ball too far and putting the ball in bad places on the course. That's why I think Bryson have a, a hard time playing there because you don't really need to bomb the ball there because, you know, those greens are very, very tricky, as those guys know, when it comes down to the the approach shots. You know, I believe that's the, the defense of that course, you know, um, and also the weather can be a defense as well. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all about putting the ball in great positions, as you know, the last past winners would tell you, you know, um, throughout the whole course and, and making sure you stay patient, you know, when you get into eight man corner. So of course it, it definitely presents a lot of challenges, but I just think Bryson just hits the ball too far there for some odd reason. It's just, I don't know if he's, cause it's a tree line course and the lines he wanted to take is just, it, you know, it just puts him in bad spots mm-hmm. sometimes, but, um, I'm gonna take Dustin. I'm gonna take Dustin to win it this uh this go around. But I will not be surprised if Jordan wins it. Cause like I said, Jordan playing some really, really good golf this this uh this year. But who I would love to see in contention, man, is my boy Ricky Fowler, man. I would love to see Ricky in contentions on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having the opportunity to uh put that green jacket on because Ricky's one of my favorite players and him and Justin, like far as of the the younger generations of golfers. So I would love to see, you know, either one of those guys um, put on a show on Sunday and try to uh, get their first green jacket. Oh, let's recap. Has Pat heard. So you only that was got the last one. Yeah. That's the last one. So you got one one, man. Yeah, definitely above 500. You, 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 you only three, three for four, three for four today. Yeah. Okay. I feel good about the day, man. I feel good yeah. about the... Three for four All today. Right. Has Pat heard. <laughs> Yes. Three. Productive day. Three for four. Yep. We add that to your to your overall record and let's jump right back on it next week. But you didn't know Sam Donald got traded to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, it just happened today, so I it guess it happened today. Here we go. We got a two minute warning right before halftime. And this week we got twenty one questions and this one's gonna go to Mac this week. Twenty one questions is where we get a chance to interact with you, our viewers and listeners. If you want your questions answered in the future, leave a five-star question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get it on the show. The question is from Coach's Dreams. Who do you think is the best cornerback in this year's draft? Ah, talented group of guys as in every year when you look at the cornerbacks that will get drafted. I think right now it's a traffic jam of the the, t- the top guys. Caleb Farley definitely was in that conversation, but, you know, the injury concern, he just had a back ailment um, that was uh, uh he was diagnosed with. I think he had a minor surgery, so he wasn't able to do anything at his pro day. Now, he had a lot of hype before that injury surfaced as potentially being the first corner to come off the board. But, Pat P., you know how it is when people hear about that injury, especially – having to have some type of surgery, you kind of lose some of the, uh, the spunk, you know, some of the fire that you had associated with his, with your name. So I wouldn't, I'm not having, I, I won't have him in this conversation because of the injury, but when healthy, he could easily be a guy that could be the first to come off the board at cornerback position. So right now it's a two, it's a two, a two head rate, a two headed race between Pat Sertan Jr. and JC Horn, who we will have joining us 
in a few moments. Make sure you stay tuned for that conversation along with Asante Samuel Jr., who will be joining us as well. But I think those two guys will be the top corners, top two corners right now. And here's why. Pat Sertan, extremely safe pick. The guy's been playing cornerback seems like forever at American mm-hmm. Heritage High School there. Uh, where he played corner. His father played corner. Uh, Pat Sertan senior for the Miami Dolphins had a real, real good career. Kansas City as well. So he's been taught the cornerback position seems like forever. Then he goes to Alabama, eventually jumps into the starting lineup as a freshman, put up nothing but hot tape. So he has the experience. He has the knowledge of the, uh, of the position and he's been, he's been battle tested to say the least. Just in practice alone at Alabama, look at, think about some of the receivers he's went against. Uh, he went against, you know, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, Waddle, Devontae Smith, John Mechie the third. So many elite, prolific, light pass catchers that he had to battle against in practice. And then that success carried on to SEC play. And he put up good numbers at the pro day. So he has everything you would want from a corner. Then here comes JC Horn, who got better every year, had a heck of a season before opting out. And then put up real good numbers as well during his pro day. So it depends on your system. You know what I mean? People forget just because you're a dynamic player does not mean you will have that same production in every system and being utilized the right way. You came out of college, you know, you're a man to man corner. You probably wouldn't have been as productive if you went to a cover two light scheme where they kind of emphasize the zone concepts. So it depends on the system for that said team that would determine who goes where. So I think, like I said, their traffic jam of those two players, they're in the same car to say the least. Who gets out first, it depends on that organization and what they run on the defensive side. But I can tell you this much, you can close your eyes and pick either one. I think you'd be satisfied. That's how I see it. Because they have hot tape, and they were able to back that hot tape with real good numbers during their pro day. Also, we want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at All Things Covered Pod. Each week, we give clues for our next guest, and the first person to guess correctly gets a follow and a shout out on the pod. So we have to give a shout out to YCGM Nelly. Who was the first person to guess Rondell Moore on last week's show? Again, follow us on All Things Covered Pod for the very for the very best content from the show. And shout out to YCGM Nelly. Hey man, how YGCM Nelly know that man? You gave him the plug, Matt. No, 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 no. I, I, see, first of all, I told you know we we can't just give too many hints because it makes it so easy. Right, but, right. right. Uh, YCGM Nelly knew something because they just saw the image. That's what I'm Rondell saying. Rondell and was like Rondell Moore. Right. <laughs> yeah, we might have a rat. We got a rat in the building. Hey, E, you ain't giving out no answers, are you? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's halftime for us. We told you guys we got two additions that we will add to our secondary. So on the other side of the break, we will be joined by talented NFL cornerback prospect J.C. Horn. Stay tuned. Andre. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Yo, 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 we back from halftime. We had to go out and make an addition to our secondary. I told you guys earlier in the show, we have two additions we're going to make to the secondary. This is the first addition, a talented, talented player. Uh, he can do everything you want your defender to do in the secondary. NFL draft cornerback prospect out of the University of South Carolina. His social media uh, Twitter handle name is at jchorn underscore 10. On Instagram, at jchorn. Also, this man, he has his own YouTube channel as well. We got to tap into the YouTube channel. I was not aware of the talented individual he is, especially off the football field, but you got to check his YouTube channel out. JC Horn has joined us here, all things covered. Before we get into the nitty gritty with you, JC, I want to read something to you that was posted back in 2017. Sheesh. It's from the USA Today article from 2017. And here's what JC had to say in that USA Today article. Before I read the article to you, JC, do you remember what you said in 2017? Of course, you you had a lot of reporters in front of you. I know (laughs) they, they quoted a lot of your statements. But this is what he said. He draws inspiration from his father. Horn looks up to a fellow six foot plus corners like the Minnesota Vikings, Xavier Rose, and the Cardinals, Patrick Peterson, as players whose styles he likes to emulate. Peterson can always take away that number one wide receiver in the game, Horn said. When you hear that statement back in 2017, and when you look at how you go about going and taking care of your business on the football field, what have you tried to go out and accomplish to emulate some of the things that Pat P has been able to do in his professional career? Man, basically, basically everything, man. Um, you know, when I when I first switched over to the defensive back position, uh, my guy, my dad just gave me a few guys to look at, and Pat P stood out the most. Um, even even back to the LSU days, and, you know, since I since I started playing DB, you know, I, I watched a lot of his tape, uh, tried to model my game after him, and you know, like I said, you take away number one guys, and that's what you want to be able to do as a corner. So definitely got to do a lot of my inspiration from him. Well, I appreciate that, JC. Well, tell us a little bit about your first football memory. First football memory. Uh, probably my first like jamboree game. Um, I was at running back and my, my folks was late to the game and I got, I got the ball and I broke, broke straight down the middle. It was like 60 yards and I could see them walking across the gate, like at the back of the end zone and they was all celebrating. So when I scored, it was walking in at the same time. So that's probably, probably most fun memory. Did you have a celebration when you scored? Nah, that was my first touchdown ever. So, you know, I was just. Because hey, we know your dad had one, one, <laughs> one, one of the world's famous celebration with that, uh, with the cell phone celebration. Where were you when the, uh, when that celebration happened? Were you at the game? Were you at the Superdome or were you at the house? Where were no, you? I, I was at the crib. Um, yeah. I came about, my mom didn't really let us go to the Sunday night game. Okay. We had school the next day. Uh-huh. So she, uh, we was begging to go. She didn't let us go. And my dad was like, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. So. <laughs> He got in his own, and that was just, I guess, his way of showing us that he was, he was calling us. He actually called you? No, nah, he actually oh, called okay. you. Okay, I, I, hey, I was about to say, that, that phone had uh, service? Man, if that phone had service, man, he a bad man. No doubt about it. So, <laughs> so. Uh, that's dope. That's dope. Speaking of your father, he retired uh, when you were around seven years old. But do you have any uh, special memories dealing with your father in the national football field that, that you relate to from time to time, especially as you prepare to become an NFL player? Oh, uh, man, not 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 many. But one I can remember is just uh, when he was with the Falcons, he took me in a facility one day and kind of just showed me 
you know, how, how a day would go as a professional. And, you know, from the ice tub to the cold tub, he had me getting on in it, and I was like seven, eight. And, you know, all the things he was explaining to me, I didn't really understand it at a, at a young age, but now more of it is starting to come full circle. And, um, you know, all the little gems he gave to me, I'm starting to see it now. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit. How was the recruiting process for you? Because we know you initially were committed to Tennessee. How did you end up at South Carolina? And talk to us a little bit about the recruiting process for you. Um, really, you know, I was I was locked in with Tennessee. Um, and T-Rod, the guy, the coordinator at South Carolina, he kept recruiting me. Um, he told me he was going to make me flip, but you know, I was locked in with Tennessee and um, Coach Jones, Bush Jones, had got fired. And we had, like, number number two or three recruiting class that year for Tennessee. And after he got fired, everybody started leaving. So um, I decommitted. And, you know, T-Rod stayed on me throughout the whole process consistently. And he does a great job with defensive backs. So I just went went out and rocked with him. Yeah. And we got something in common, man. You was a you was a freshman starter as well in the SEC. You know, how was that, you know, stepping into like a big conference like that, you knowing you're gonna be on big stages, knowing that you're gonna get, you know, top competitors, top athletes each and every week, but stepping on campus as a day one starter, you know, how was that? Um, it was fun, you know. Um just just getting to learn all the kinks of SEC football and, you know, the best best experience is actually playing. So played a lot of snaps, you know, like you said, started from day one. So it was a great experience, you know, from the crowd uh, to the games we won, the big games, and even the losses. I learned from all of it. So it was, it was a great experience. What was your welcome to the SEC moment as a true freshman? Probably we played Kentucky third game of the season. Coming out of high school, like, I didn't even look at Kentucky as a football school. It was straight <laughs> basketball. So yeah, it was our first night game, and we went out there, man, and it was rocking, super loud. You know, it shocked me a little bit, and it was just a big game. So that was probably my, my welcome to the SEC moment. Do you remember your stats? What you had? Tackles, PBUs, anything like that you remember? No, I don't, I don't even remember it. Um, <laughs> I was at a nickel position, probably had like six or seven tackles. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't have many stats that game. Well, well, since we're talking about stats, JC, man, you had one hell of a day <laughs> at your pro day, and, you know, it wasn't a shock to you, but, you know, you may have stunned some people at your pro day with your numbers. I'm going to read off a couple of numbers right now. Your 40 was a 439, 41.5 uh, vert, you know, 11-1 broad jump, 19 bench. You know, what did you feel like you had to prove with that opportunity uh, laying right there in front of you? Hey, hey, Pat P., some people had clocked them at a 432. There was a few Ooh. clocks out there that had 432 on it also. Hey, so it sounded like he was well prepared to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, doubt, yeah. no doubt. Um, but, you know, just going into it, talking to teams and stuff like that, they wasn't really sure of my speed. Um, that was kind of the biggest question on me. I knew I was going to you know, smash every other category, but I, I particularly wanted to do good in that 40, man. And um, I just tried to lock in, you know, stay focused throughout the whole day. Um, and, you know, I came out with a 4-3. We was – we was on hand time, so the combine might have been a four four two or something like that. So <laughs> hand time gave me the four three I wanted, man. And I just feel like, like you said, it answered a lot of questions about me and um just gave me a good rep. Hey, four four, four three, they all the same thing. It's fast. You know what I mean? You open a lot of eyes. And because of the performance you were able to display during your pro day. I mean, your name is starting to just circulate up and down the first round. But when you look at some of the competitors at the cornerback position, you know, where would you rank yourself amongst all the corners that are available, especially the corners that have a first round grade? I'll, I'll put myself at the top. You know, um, I'm sure they'll say the same thing, but 
you know, I feel like what separates me um, is just my versatility, uh, the way I compete. I feel like when you watch me on tape and you watch them, it's two different animals you're looking at. And, um, you know, like I said, it's... <laughs> what kind of animal are you? What kind of animal are you? You say two dog, different animals. Man. I'm a dog. I'm a dog, man. I don't know about them, but, you know, I always feel like I'm the, I'm the biggest biggest dude on the field, and I just try to play that way. So I feel like that separates me from the, um, the, the rest of the corners in the class. Hey, Pat P, real quick, this past season, and JC talked about watching you play when you were at LSU. You don't see too many corners in college football follow the opposing team's number one wide receiver. Remember, you did it a few times against Julio. And this past year, JC had the opportunity to follow Seth Williams from Auburn. And many felt like he was a super talented wide receiver. Granted, he had the numbers to to back that statement. But J.C. put on a coaching <laughs> clinic. You feel man, Pat, oh, man, listen. Yeah, I just about to ask you this. My question for, for you, Mac, like, you, you know, obviously we know, you know, I had an opportunity to watch J.C. a couple of times. And you've been very, very high on this young man. Like, you know, why, why are you so high on J.C.? Okay, let me put my analyst hat on. One on. thing I like about the cornerback position, I love seeing development and growth. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at Jay Steve from his freshman year, you know, to the sophomore year, and currently to where he is now, you saw progress. He wasn't right. stagnant. And I think what he did this past season was just continue to add to the resume of, of all his, all of, all the sound things he was able to do. And when he played against Seth Williams, he showed the ability to efface the opposing team's number one wide receiver. Right. And technically, he has it. Mm. Toughness, he has it. Mm. The competitor, competitive nature, he has it. And just the willingness to bite your leg off if he has to. You know, you got to have that mentality. You know what I mean? And he's a fundamentally sound corner. And the the biggest question mark, I think, regarding JC, and, you know, he can agree or disagree with, was the 40 time. Yeah. I think that was the biggest question mark. Like, what will he want? Sure. You know what I mean? Either to solidify that first round grade or either to add more question marks about could he, should he go in the first round? So that's why I was high on him. Pat P, man, the, the, the kid can play for four quarters and he's not afraid. When you're on, on Sunday football, they're going to come match you. And either you're going to tuck your head and, and, and go to the end of the bench or you're going to stand up and say, come, keep coming. I'm a swing. You hit me. I'm going to hit you. And I think he's that type of player. Yeah, and obviously that shows because now I'm, I just scrolled up uh, my list here looking at his uh, courtesy of uh, Pro Football Focus. You know, he allowed 33% of uh, of the catches, which is the lowest in the SEC, and he averaged 27.4 uh, yards per, cu- per catch, uh, which is the lowest in college football. So obviously, you know, the technical aspect and, you know, his all the act – Game, uh, size of the game, like you said, he had, it's all coming together. So, JC, man, I wish you the best of luck, my brother. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, hey, JC, how did you handle? Um, I talked, <laughs> I highlighted the game against Seth Boys. And matter of fact, I didn't get a chance to ask, finish asking the question. At that point, going into the game, when you knew they were going to have you following Seth, and when the game started, at one point, did you really come to terms like I'm, I'm about to dominate? As soon as you stepped out of the locker room. <laughs> really, no. Nah, honestly, though, just um, watching a lot of film that week, Seth Williams a big 50-50 ball guy, mm-hmm. and I feel like I just lacked targets all throughout my career. That's kind of why my interception numbers wasn't high and stuff like that. And you know, I when I got in the game, you know, I still had the question of what they actually throw at me. We got in the red zone and they came like back to back to back, a slant, uh, like two fades. Mm-hmm. 
So I just I just looked and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be one of them games. And I went to the side and just told my told my teammate Israel Mukwamu, we had like three picks the year before at Georgia. I said, I might catch you today. And that's before I had any pick. So I just knew it was gonna be one of those games when I seen that they wasn't scared to throw at me. Right. And uh I mean I, I could definitely uh vouch to you on those uh on those type of games. I can remember uh my first my first matchup and I think it was against AJ. I think AJ was my first like official like assignment. And like you said, I watched so much film, was, you know, fired up that game. We ended up losing that game. We played in between the hedges, but man, as soon as I walked out of the locker room, I was like, yeah, this going to be, this going to yeah. be. <laughs> it was just like that too. Cause in the red zone, they tried AJ on the slant and the fade and I broke both of them up. And I was like, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be that type of game, man. So I can, definitely, uh, I can vouch with you uh, on that point for sure. Hey, uh, moving forward to draft night. What do you expect to get drafted? We already know and we feel that you are the best corner in this highly talented DB group this year. Like, what do you expect you, uh, you to go? Man, I've been hearing so much different stuff. Um, like B-Max said, just before the season, being ranked to go high first, some second, and now I'm hearing early is 8, 9, 10 to, to the 20. So, man, I don't even know. I'm just – I'm ready for all of it to be over, and I got a, I got a team I'm playing for, and I can play football again. <laughs> well, they got some of them. They got some of these uh, these uh, draft boards. You're going to the Cardinals. So if you do get picked here, man, hold 21 down for me, all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna jump in that 21. I go to the yeah, okay. that, that solidified. We, we we go ahead and put a stamp of approval right here. On yeah, man, go ahead, Pat, you okay with young bull get 21? Yeah, Jace can hold it down, man. Jace can hold it down. <laughs> hey, it's, it's already a blessing to be where you currently are, but you know, just hearing your name called, you know, and me, and Pat P, talked about this, I think, a few shows ago. Uh, there are only a few people that will get drafted that they're going to be happy where they got drafted. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pat P went top five, so Pat P had no issue. I went in a second, I had an issue. It's going to be a lot of people, man, like when you get drafted, you will be happy. You're like, man, come on, man. Who went before me? <laughs> what? I mean, Pat P, hey, JC, Pat P had that luxury. He was the, everyone knew when he came out, yeah. he was going to be the only corner to go that go that high. He had no, you know, no comp. But some other guys, the other guys, they be like, man, what? Who went before they, they, they call that generational talent, man. He knew he, knew he was going early. <laughs> hey, man, no you got it too, man. You got it too. Trust me. No doubt. So. Hey, JC, uh, off the field question for you. When you, balled out this year uh you decided to opt out before the season was over you know basically after they fired coach coach Muschamp and some people labeled the quitter label on you but how did you handle that you know hearing some of the some of the negative criticism that was being thrown your way I'm not gonna lie man it was tough you know just you know like you said the type of player I am I always put a team first I've always you know done everything for the team and getting that quitter label was tough especially without releasing the whole story you know my aunt had complications due to COVID. I found out going into the Ole Miss game, which is my last game. She had been put on a, a breathing machine. My granddad had COVID and was down 30, 40 pounds. Um, and I got all this news, like, going into that game. And I was going out out during, in the middle of the week. And t told me just, you know, just play the game and um, don't make it a distraction. We'll talk after the game. And mm-hmm. uh, Friday night, like I said, my mom got the news. She was at my team hotel. And her sister had been put on a breathing machine and, I had made my mind up then, you know, I was, I was out and out and I talked to T-Rod Muschamp right after the game and, and told them and, uh, that's kind of how it went. But, you know, like I said, the full story not being out and hearing a bunch of people 
labeling me as a quitter. It was definitely a, a struggle mentally, but, you know, I, I, I leaned on my family. Um, and I also lost my aunt two weeks later and they were still coming hard. So it was tough, but I just leaned on my family and, um, no, I'm in a better, a better space now. So how did you, how did you handle, handle the, the training part of it? Because like with you being so young and being on a regiment in college, like how did you come up with your own training plan, your own training regimen throughout that time that you, uh, wasn't playing? Uh, so basically I just went back to, um, home to Atlanta and like I said, I, I had a plan, you know, I was going to, this lady named Lily two times a week doing, you know, footwork, uh, 40 work, stuff like that. And then training with my DB trainer, Oliver Davis, uh, like three times a week. But, you know, my eye was doing real bad. So I didn't even get to train really. I was in Birmingham, uh, with, with the rest of my family just waiting to hear on the news from her. So that's kind of how it went when I opted out. Wow. That's, that's a, uh, you know, a tough story, you know, because that's the thing about people. You know, in the social media world of people who are fans, they don't actually know why certain players do what they do. And instead of just trying to do their due diligence and understand what's going on, they throw criticism. And I think any any individual knowing that, you know, clearly would have kept those criticisms to them to themselves. But, you know, it all will work out for you and you got to do what's best for you and your family. You were able to do that. Uh, let's, let's transition to the technical aspect of the game before we get to the superlative part of the show. When you look at JC Horn, if I was a coach and I asked you, JC, what type of corner are you? What would you say? First man, to man corner, takeaway number one, number one receivers. That's, that's what I hang my hat on. That's, that's my label. Uh, I could do everything else, but I'm sure that's what a, what a team would want in the corner. And that's what I do best. So that's what I hang my hat on. What do you feel like? Obviously, you you noted that press man to man. Like, what are some of the things that you do to keep you focused or stand square at the line of scrimmage? Because we we all know how important it is not having those false steps, making sure you stand square so you can be able to you know di- uh, direct the or detour the receiver wherever you want him to go. So, I just want to hear some what some of your kinks that you do to to help put yourself in good position. Um, well, the first thing is just focusing. You know, a lot of people. That's where they lose at the line of scrimmage. You know, eyes everywhere. You're not you're not conscious of the things you're supposed to be doing. So I just try to focus and then uh, just just keeping my head stay square as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, make them make them work around you. Uh, try to use my length. And you know, it's something I got better with. Like I talked to B Mac before the season, and I told him like, you know, give me give me some stuff that you feel like I need to work on. And you know, after he told me some of the stuff, I just my focus went to a whole new level. I just try to hone in on you know good eyes, good pad level. And using my length more, and and that, that's what I try to do at the line of scrimmage. And when you say good eyes, are you training your eyes? Like when I say training your eyes, we we know we all train our eyes during practice. You know, we all mm-hmm. we all train our eyes when we warming up. But in the off season, are you still training those eyes? Like putting your eyes through through, through a training. Like right now, I, like we always talk about, Matt, the visor, mm-hmm. the visor. Yep, that's, that's my training hey, mechanism. Explain 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 that to JC, uh, Pat. Working out with the visor or, or the or the regular ball cap like you got. Right. So like how I train my eyes, because like you talked about, very great points, you know, focusing. And it does come down to the eyes. Once your eyes get up, now it's giving you that illusion that this guy's going everywhere. But when you look at it in naturality, he's standing right here. The only thing that's moving is his shoulders. So what I like to do is to train my eyes is when I talk about training my eyes. Yeah, we know when we get in a, in a stance and practice, we know where our eyes got to be. And we feel like we're training our eyes there. But to make it subconscious is like when you out working out today, tomorrow, just have a hat, you know, 
if you're doing some, I'm sure you do press work, you know, doing mm-hmm. our drill, our drills, just put a hat on and you'll be able to see initially right out the gate what your eyes doing. And now that now that's going to really start training your eyes on where they need to be. Because like right now, see how my eyes is down. You can see my visor is pointing down. You can't really see my eyes. But now once that guy you working and he see your visor doing this, now he know your eyes are moving. You know, right. what I mean? you know, most guys when they be like, man, my eyes was down, my eyes was down. That visor ain't going to lie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so that's a great, that's a great uh, yeah. teaching point for training for sure. Yeah, so there you go, man. Train the minds, baby. No question. Yes, sir. <laughs> and every every rep has to look the same. You know, Coach told me one time, the, to win your rep, it starts with your position. When you get down right. in a real good football position, you're not on your heels, that's already the first step in winning that rep. And then everything else goes second nature with your feet, your hands. Number one, your eyes, your feet, your hands. Yep. And it has to always look the same. You know, one of the yeah. unique corners that I used to love watching when I was playing, especially that 2009 season with Darrell Reeves. Yeah, and his, his, his bump and run game was always the same. Always. Everything looked the same. And I used to tell Pat P that when Pat P finally mastered it, it was, it was, it was money time. Yeah. The great corners, they always look the same playing bump and run. It doesn't matter if they're playing against speed. Yeah. Big speed or little speed. You know what I mean? Sometimes some corners adjust their technique based on who they're going against. But when you got proper technique and proper fundamentals, those same skill sets and traits will work against any type of receiver you're going against. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For the most part. So just continue to be extremely consistent in how your reps look at line of scrimmage. And that's something that you've been doing throughout South Carolina. Like I said, you've gotten better. And even throughout your draft, your, your pre-draft process, working out, looking real good, and staying low. You know what I mean? Low man always win, especially when you're playing off technique. And real, uh, before we get into superl- uh, our superlative uh, part, hey, Jason, another thing I would like to uh, share with you, when you do get in the league, study yourself. Because you got to think about it. These guys are the best of the best. You know what I mean? Right. So if you put someone on tape that they can't beat at a certain time, you best believe that they're finding a way to try to beat it. So now mm-hmm. you got to always go back and check on yourself throughout the season. You know what I mean? Seeing what you did bad throughout that season and make sure that make that a point, point of emphasis throughout your training or throughout the off season. So, you know, make sure because a lot of guys forget that a lot of guys yeah. get to study themselves to really help themselves become better. Because like B Max said, how you, be, how you going to become better stagnant? You know, at some right. point, everybody's always looking for a way to get better. You got to be one of those guys. So yeah. that's my little nugget to you as well, man. So when you get in the league, don't forget the little things, still work your ass off, still have those same, same focus and uh, the things that carry you through college. Don't lose it because the good ones, they, they keep that and they stay in this league a long time. And I believe you can be a good one. So make sure you can, you know, I mean, you, you keep those same values that you had in college over onto the league. And so stay in shape. Change. Yeah, nothing going to change is now. Stay in shape. You're going to be on your own. You, know, you Like Max said, you're going to have to work out now like you've been doing, but you got to stay on top of it. You're going to get older. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have a lot more free time. You have money. You know what I mean, so just be smart and just have the same values that you have right now. Yeah, yes, stay stay in shape too. Stay stay in shape. But it's a, it's a year round job when you play cornerback. And uh, one thing that people don't realize, and you know about this playing corner, why receivers come in and out of ball games? I don't care if you see a number one or number two, they they substitute. DBs, we not coming out. When you in that starting lineup, especially in the NFL, man, nobody not coming to get you. Man, <laughs> hey, though, I never forget, though. I remember 
Detroit was great for that, though. Used to do, I used to be have a mega, have a Megatron, me and P2 Megatron matchup. You know, we doing our thing. They have Megatron out on for, uh, first and second down. Bring freaking, uh, this one, they, uh, I forgot who the speedster was. Ran me on the go first, first down. They ran me on a dummy post second down. Then brought Calvin Johnson in on third down, money down. While I'm all, he, they thought I was tired. <laughs> but like Max said, I'm in shape and I take pride in my shape. And, uh, I was able to uh, make a play on that third. That down. back shoulder, that back shoulder fade. I think it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What what's some of the things you do to stay in shape? Like um how you go about it? Yeah, I do a, I mean I do a lot of a ton of cardio work. I run a lot. Like I like my coach would tell you he he think uh like I'd be running marathons sometimes. So I just I just feel like, you know, with me, I always have to do something to keep my heart rate up. I wanna run for a long period of time because I know football is a short burst of running, but at the same time I'm training my lungs to be able to endure a long period of, you know, uh, running or a long period of exhaustion, but so my body would be able to recover faster. So I do a ton of cardio. If I show you, matter of fact, I don't have it right now. I can show you my track of how much I run. On average, I probably run like 4.7, 4.7 miles when I do run. And that's daily. Yeah. So uh, I do a lot of running, but you don't have to do that. You can do a bike. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stair master, whatever, maybe just do something. You can something. switch it up too. You, you can yeah. do, you can go old school, you know, run your, your one tens. Yeah. Uh, exactly. something that we used to do called Mike Dickers where you would run every line. You start on that goal line, you sprint across the field, you jog to the next line, you sprint all the way across the field, you jog to the next line, you sprint. So you do that the entire length of the football field up and back. So I just did, I just did that, uh, condition, a DB condition. So this two, Two things that I do for like DB condition, like game actual reps is like I have like I go through scenarios like like my first set I, 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 I'm going to do like say for instance the first quarter. So on average in the first quarter is going to be about 16 plays. So in the first set, I'm, and I'm working the, the dynamiters of the field. So the first set, I might go through four plays, like four receiver reps. Right. And have like a 30 second, a 30 second break. And now I'm going to come back and have three reps. So I'm, I'm acting like it's a three and out. You know what I mean? So then the next, the next drive, I might add in seven. I might add in five. I'm acting like it's a, it's an extended drive. So now I'm acting like I'm in practice and I'm acting like I'm getting game reps as well. Yes. The one, the new one I just did, uh, Thursday for my conditioning was I had, uh, a 50 yard, you know, just straight up and down. It's like a, um, it was almost like suicides, but I did it backpedaling. So I backpedaled with my coach, um, and Rod Hood is my coach, my personal coach who I had for the last five years. Been amazing. He's been um, one of the main guys who helped me turn my technical aspect of my game around. But we'll backpedal for five or six yards or whenever he tell me to open and I'll burst for 50. So I do that for eight reps. Then the next rep with a two minute break. The next rep, uh, we'll go for like 35 yards. Backpedal until you tell me to open, burst until I get to the cone. But at the same time, I have to still make sure I have discipline because I'm going on his command. So it'll be times he might tell me to back out of the whole 35, the whole 20. You know what I mean? So it's, it's also working the discipline part of it uh, in it as well. And I like doing those type of conditioning works because it's mental. You know, when mm-hmm. most guys can't think when they got that helmet on, you know what I mean? So um, that's why I like to do a lot of stuff like that to exhort myself so I can make sure that I'm always sharp when my body do come to a point of being a little fatigued or tired. And and that one more thing I like to add, uh something that we used to do called metabolics. 
and metabolics is a is a conditioning way. It's a way to condition like you're actually in game. So you can get maybe five or six wide receivers. If you're working out a bunch of guys, you know, when it's time to condition, get you five, six receivers and you cover them. Like first rep could be bump, bump and run, cover one. The next rep could be cover three, a fire zone off technique. But everything you're doing is a man to man concept. Either you can play bump and run and you go, or you can play off technique. And those receivers are running legit routes from a, from a quarterback, but yeah. you're getting, you're getting a new body every rep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now when you come, when, when, when they, they finish a route, if it's a go ball, you got to jog right back to the line of scrimmage, look to the sideline, get your call, whatever it might be. And now you got to line up. If it's, if it's a choke, if it's a choke situation with press, you got to go up and play press. Now you got a whole nother receiver. Just like how we kind of talked about earlier with receivers substituting and you get a new receivers. So if you, you metabolize, you add that to your repertoire as well. When it comes to conditioning, it's a different type of conditioning. You know what I mean? But it's like, it puts you in that game game formation you know what i mean where you're getting new bodies and these guys trying to route you up you know what i mean they don't care nothing about you being tired they trying to route you up eventually your body gets used to that that format and then when camp starts you kind of already in football shape because we all know we can run all day but the best way to get in football shape is by playing football (laughs) you know what i'm saying that's, that's real dope right there. So we're going to transition to the superlative part of our show. We got a few quick uh, questions for you. Let me see if you can bite on this slant. I'm going to run a slant and go on you. Let me see if you're going to jump on this slant. Best moment at South Carolina? Beating Georgia, sophomore year. Oh, uh, yeah. in Athens, in Athens. There was number three team. We went down there and got them. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm coming back with you real quick. Best quarterback that you faced in college? <laughs> got to go Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. You saw him every year. I mean, when he was starting yeah. that rivalry. He's slinging that thing around. Yeah. So. This, is not, this is a tough one right here. Best player you had to cover in college and some of the notable names you covered. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, T. Higgins. <laughs> Man, I'm going to go Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts. They brought they neck and neck. Elijah Moore also, he from South Florida. With the old Miss. Old Miss number three, right? Number eight. The eight. Yeah. 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 All yeah. three of those guys, tough coverage. And, you know, like you said, I follow uh, most of the time. So I was on Elijah in the slot with a two-way go. Tough coverage. Devontae got an awkward game, man. Awkward releases. Mm-hmm. And he one of those guys, I feel like, that study DBs like Pat was saying. And Calvin Pitts, man, you can be there. And he he never really covered because he's six six, Got a big catch rate. So all those guys, man, was great, great competitors. Okay, uh, man. That's hey, dope conversation. J.C. Horn, Patrick Pierce, and Brian McFadden. All things covered, man. We got everything covered today because we got three corners on. One retired, one future Hall of Famer, and one future first round selection. We are gonna put it in the universe top ten selection. We are gonna just throw that in the universe right now. Throw that in the universe, man. Hey, J.C., thank you for joining us here, man. It's always a pleasure speaking with you, man. Keep me updated with what's going on, man. And like you said, anything you need from either either one of us, you know what I mean? Pat P got a lot of tricks in his bag. That bag's super deep, too. He willing, he willing to share it with you, especially you go out there to AZ and rock that number 21. Oh, yeah, yes, sir. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yes, sir, yes, sir. man. I appreciate you. And I told you guys earlier in the show, we got two special guests joining us, two great additions to the secondary. And, man, we got these young secondary players coming in the league ready to kick down the door first quarter. We got another outstanding member trying to do the same thing. Talented NFL cornerback prospect out of Florida State University, DBU. I said it, Pat P. You got to swallow it. It's our date. 
First team. Hey, it's our day, Pat P. Ain't, ain't all that LSU talk y'all boys been ganging up with me on and all this and all that. You and Jamal and Tyree and all y'all. No, it's our day today. DBU, Florida State. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take that. First team, all ACC in 2020. You can follow him on Instagram at Zont, Z-O-N-T, period, 954. Oh, yeah. And he's from Broward County. So we got three we got three cover corners <laughs> on the show right now from, from Broward. Man, Asante Samuel Jr. joining us here. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. Man, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. Just blessed to be in this position. I've been working all my life to be a yeah, no doubt. You know, talking about this position you're currently in, you know, what what is your day to day routine like? Granted, you got you done with your pro day. I know you're happy that that's finally over. But this entire pre draft process, you know, what what has uh what has your schedule looked like? It's kind of uh up and down. Some days I have like two, three Zoom calls. Some days I have one. Um, but just basically just working out uh, some Zoom calls and just um. Just playing the waiting game right now. Yeah. Hey, what high school you went to? I went to St. Thomas. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought maybe you would have went to uh, pop Your pops went to BA, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he went to BA. Okay. I got you. So, like, how is it? Uh, how has it been for you? You know, ha- being a son of a, a former All Pro, but obviously, you know, holding the name down. Uh, what's some of the, the the advantages and disadvantages been for you as you're trying to get your career off to the uh, to to the, to the NFL start? Oh, uh, well, um, it's a blessing to uh, have an NFL father in there. And, um, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of advantages to it, but, um, the disadvantages, uh, just people trying to compare me all, all the time to him, just, um, thinking I'm him, thinking like we just like the same person. We, we, we kind of the same, but we, we very different in many ways. Right. And speaking of your father, he played for the Patriots, the Eagles and the Falcons. Uh, what do you remember about his playing days? And, and we look at the success he was able to have as a cover corner in the National Football League. Uh, I just know he was a, a great player. He played on some Super Bowl team with Tom Brady them. And uh, he was just a great player. That's all I can remember. So uh, well, so with you being from um, our neck of the woods, uh, South Florida, uh, how was it playing for St. Thomas Aquinas? Uh, how did it? prepare you for the next level because I had some running into St. Thomas. I could never get over the hump against Pat, you uh, never beat St. Thomas before? Nah, I never beat St. Thomas. I couldn't get over George Smith, man. George Smith had the key. He had the key, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> so never beat St. Uh, Thomas either. Yeah, how was it, like, you know, being on campus and how did they prepare you, you know, for that next level? Just being around, like, NFL talent. I played with uh, Joey Bosa. I mean, not Joey, Nick Bosa, uh, Damon Arnett. A lot of guys, Jordan Scarlett, just a lot of NFL guys is competing every day with them. And the structure that um George Smith and um Coach Harry had while I was there, just just like a college structure. So when I came to college, I mean, I, I would honestly say um high school was harder than college for me. But um, well, let's 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 go ahead and <laughs> run that back real quick, because you know if you're from South Florida, you know about the prestige that St. Thomas has football wise, but there are a lot of people that are listening to us. And a lot of people that are watching us on YouTube, they may have heard of St. Thomas, but they really don't know what St. Thomas is. Can you name some of the players that played before you at St. Thomas that went on to the NFL and some players that you played with at St. Thomas that went on to big universities and also have an opportunity to play in the National Football League as well? Some names that you can remember off the top of your head. Well, just off the top of my head, I mean, uh, I know Michael Irvin, uh, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Damon Arnett, LaMarcus Joyner, James White, 
Giovanni Bernard, Philip Dorsett. That's all I can think of right now, but I know it's way more. But um, it's just a lot of NFL talent. In- <laughs> yeah, hey, you ain't lying about that because uh, I'm trying to think, who did I play with? I, think, I, I know I played against Jannard. Who else did I play with? I don't remember playing against. Y'all played against St. Thomas your senior year, Pat? Uh, we played against him my junior and my senior year. Cause, uh, oh, was, if you, wait a if, minute. Did Gino Atkins went there too? Oh yeah. Gino Atkins. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Gino, Gino. Yeah. I played Gino against Gino. There. Major Wright. Major, Major Wright. Wright. All right, brother. That's all I can. Uh, oh, um, they had a few yeah. linemen too. Um, my man, the receiver, uh, Leonard Hankerson went to, uh, Hankerson went to, went to Miami. Yeah. We yeah played I mean, for, I played for Washington. Yeah. Now you, yeah, they, you guys definitely have some talent, um, every year. Zunt, if you don't mind me calling you Zunt, since that's your your, your, your Twitter uh, handle, uh, what led you to leaving school early? I just felt like um I've been putting good film on there for uh, three years. I mean, I was in a um, Florida State band in a up and down type of situation right now, but I still managed to be able to make plays and still be able to do what I do on the field. And um, I just feel like I'm one of the best cornerbacks in, in the draft right now. And um, being from South Florida, you know, I mean, we just kind of different. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did your did your dad give you any advice? You know, throughout the process. I mean, just uh, stay humble and um, just just do what I've been doing all my life. Yeah, just okay. left left in your hands because obviously it's your journey. So I, I respect that, man. When when you say South Florida is different, man, could you you know elaborate a little bit on that? What you mean by that? You know what I mean? Of course, I know Pat Pete know, but like okay. I said, a lot of people you know watching us not that might not know exactly what you mean when you talk about football in South Florida. We talk about players coming from South Florida. When you say they're different, what do you mean? Uh, just the way we go about things, the swag we got on the field, just everything. I mean, it's so much things. Just uh, we've been doing since we was little at Little League parks at a lot of their late, a lot of hill lines. Yes, so, uh, so I mean. It's a lot of people in um, South Florida that's supposed to be in the league right now, but they ain't get that opportunity. So, right. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to explain. You just got to be there to uh, feel it. You got to yeah. be there. No yeah, doubt. No I, doubt. I agree 100%. Uh, I'll never forget, man. I went down there, dog. It was 2019 at the Lauder Hill uh, Stadium, the new one they uh, rebuilt. It was mm-hmm. a little league football game, bro. And it was like 10,000 people there. Stadium yeah. was, I think it was the rematch of the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Mac, I never seen that many people in one setting for a little league football game. It was amazing. Oh, little league football right now in South Florida, Pat P is different. I it, know it, 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 it's different. High school football is different than when I played than when you played with the seven oh seven circuits. You know they got these AAU like football programs now. When it comes to seven oh seven, it's a big deal down there, and you got to be mentally tough and got to be physically gifted to be able to come out and get the opportunities like Zant is uh, having right now in front of him. Before you had have an opportunity of getting drafted, uh, when you came out of St. Thomas, you know you had the cream of the crop coming out trying to get you to sign with their university. Yeah. LSU, on, LSU was on his list, man. I'm trying to figure out why Florida State. No. Well, uh, just, <laughs> hey, the source, we got the source right now, Pat P. If you want to get a valid answer, we got the source with us right now. Why you chose Florida State, huh? I mean, just like you said earlier, we DBU, um, great, great, um, defensive bats came out of, uh, Florida State and they thrive in the NFL. That's what I, that's what I want to do. I mean, Respect, respect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zion, you should hear Pat P when I got when the LSU boys on here. And you know, he 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 he's I like the integrity that Pat P has. You know what I mean? He's respecting it now, but when his LSU boys on here, oh man, you know we DBU, we've been doing this, we've been doing that. Hey, but what I say all the time, man, I said if, it, if it's anyone, it's definitely 
between us two because year in and year out, the guys that we put into the league, the guys perform. You know, the guys, you know, go to the next level and continue having a prominent career once they leave college. And, you know, most colleges can't say the same thing. So we both are, man. That's why I say when when you have a Florida State guy on, I'm I'm, I'm happy to share the Florida State guy. It's enough for everybody. Yeah, anybody else, Mac? I won't be this pleased, all right? No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> hey, Zon, you know, I've been watching your game, man, since day one. Of course, playing at Florida State. And, I, you know, me being a football analyst for CBS, I've had an opportunity of breaking down a lot of cornerbacks, you know. And watching your tape, you remind me a lot of Jair Alexander, the corner from uh from Green Bay. And I think I said that also, too. I see a lot of great things in your game, especially the willingness to tackle, you know what I mean, being feisty and playing with that chip on your shoulder. But when you – when you self-scout yourself, what are some areas you would like to improve on? Uh, I'll just say um, just taking better angles to tackle defenders and um, just probably staying square a little mm-hmm. bit long. Just getting my hands on guys more. I'm, I'm strong, so I just need to use it to my ability. Hey, Pat P., share some of, some of your tricks when you talk about, you know, helping staying square, you know, similar to what you broke down with J.C., I'm pretty sure Zant would love to hear some of the tricks that you have in your bag when you're playing bump and run and being patient, being square, and being able to get your hands on wide receivers consistently. Yeah, it just comes down to, as uh, I'm sure Zant knows this, just comes down to eyes, you know, just continue to train our eyes, you know, throughout, you know, drills, you know. So, like I just showed, I just told uh, JC by working with the uh, the visor, you know, like, like the visor I have on my head, to give us a better idea of if our eyes are really staying down. You know what I mean? So I go up against a DB, I put a visor on, and you know, we always say we want our, our, our focus point to be between the belly button to mid thigh. So now what's really going to help me keep my eyes focused on that is the, is the visor because once my eyes come up, the visor going to come up and that's going to be a clear, a clear indication of if my eyes are in the right place. And another thing with stand square is, as you know, ball stepping. You know, you want to make sure you have good pressure points so it don't create those, uh, those false steps. You know, guys, coaches always say, you know, uh, get off your heels, you know, get on your balls of your feet. And what the, what the pressure point is going to come from is you figuring out where your pressure point is because, you know, everybody has different body, body structure. And for you to figure out your, your pressure point, that's where you're going to have to get in position and like literally bend down to feel where the most pressure is in the balls of your feet. And that's going to be the money position for you because now the only place you're going to be able to go is backwards. And that's going to take the false step out of your game. So, I mean, it's a lot of things you can do at self-evaluating, looking at a lot of film, looking at deep, looking at receivers to really see what they're doing. If they're really all, cause all of this stuff right here is really just an illusion. You know, look at tape in slow motion because that's what I do a lot is when I have one-on-ones, I watch, I watch all my one-on-ones in slow motion. I'm looking and seeing what the deep, what the receiver is doing within those first three yards because that's important to me versus having a false step, opening the gate, not getting nothing on them. You know, that's, that's defeating the purpose of playing, you know, press, uh, coverage. So watching in slow motion and when, when the first thing you're going to see is that receiver ain't doing a damn thing, but coming straight to you. And I'm quite sure you know this already. So now just have that in your mind when you are pressed and you want to get your hands on this guy. It's almost like a timer. You know, I got to get my hands on this guy within three, three yards. I have to find out something to keep me square within these three yards to disrupt the timing and become better at the, uh, at the press position. So 
those are a little couple of nuggets that you can use on in your game and to help um, improve that, 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 that line of scrimmage game, because that's where it starts at the line of scrimmage, especially if you want to get hands on guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, sir. And also too, I know you mentioned about, you know, proving your angles when it comes to tackling uh, angles is, is extremely important when it comes to covering as well. The great corners utilize great angles. You don't have to be a four, two, four, three guy. It's all about being able to utilize the proper angles to make sure that you always where you need to be. And when you master that skill set as well, the sky's the limit. <laughs> I remember when Pat P first got drafted, I used to talk to Pat P all the time because see Pat P, he had this rare form of athleticism that he only had. You know what I mean? I couldn't cover like Pat P because I didn't have the athleticism that he had. And I remember I told Pat P, I said, Pat, when you combine the athleticism with the fundamentals and the technique, it's yeah. going to be wrapped. You know yeah. what I mean? So being able to add certain things like angles, along with what he talked about at the line of scrimmage, being patient and making sure every rep looks the same. And when you do things now, like when you're working out on your own or you're working out with a group of guys, try to have someone recording your reps. You know right. what I mean? When you're doing bump and run, when you're getting some wide receiver work done, try to have someone record your reps so you can actually watch it back in slow motion if possible, or just rewatch yourself over and over again. Just study yourself, study yourself. When you're playing off technique, you know, pre-snap alignment is always important when you're playing off technique. You know, making sure you got the right foot up, making sure you got your three-step read ready to go. You got a good position on your, on your, on your wide receiver. And now you're utilizing your, your, your leverage and your angles to be able to be right where you need to be. And it, it becomes contagious. You know what I mean? Interception comes in bunches. Good reps comes in bunches. They become contagious. And before you know it's second nature, like how you inhale, exhale. It'd be yep. the same thing when you're covering someone. Like, dang, man, I just own it today. I know you had the moments where you be in practice, be like, man, I'm just, oh, yeah. man, I'm, I'm on weird, it normal. Yeah. But when that happens, every time you play in a ball game, that's when everything happened for you. You know what I mean? Just being able to master that now while you're getting ready for camp, whatever team drafts you. And then when you get rolling, Man, it's like, man, shoot, man. We we know he has the mentality, but now he got the fundamentals and the technique as well. So those are little things you can incorporate, you know, in your game while you're training right now. And then whenever you do get drafted, you know, you can take those same fundamentals, same thought processes to that said team. And speaking of draft, you know, what do you expect your draft night to be like? You know, what are you th- planning on doing? You know what I mean? Are you trying to have a, you know, family over, a few friends over? Uh, you be in South Florida. What do you expect to have going on during your draft night? Uh, I just want to have close friends, close family with me. Um, the people that was really with me before all this came up, come up, came about and, um, just really having the, uh, people that was really with me through everything. Um, I'm just, just going to be so, so blessed and humble to be in that position and probably, um, tears going to come. I know my whole family probably going to be crying. So it's just going to be <laughs> great. What's going to be your request? Cause I know, you know, obviously with it being your day, what you going to request as far as to eat, you know, a dessert? Like what's your favorite thing that you, you going to request uh, to have at the party? Yeah, you got to have a draft. You got to have draft foods. <laughs> you got to have draft food, bro. That's your day. Yeah. yeah. Probably have some big rays, big rays. That's like, uh, some barbecue chicken, macaroni, baked beans, southern food. You know, I ain't going to switch up now. <laughs> no, no, I love you, it. Hey, you can't switch up now. You talked about having a lot of Zoom calls, you know, um, that you've been on. Or have you met with, you know, multiple teams twice? Or most of the Zoom calls you've been a part of have been with different teams. But have you had the opportunity of meeting with uh, a few teams over and over again, to say the least, or at least two times? Uh, yeah, I talked to. Uh, I pretty, I pretty much talked to uh, every team in the NFL like twice. So, um, okay. 
Yeah, and um, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm going to have some more schedule before a drive, but I'm um, just waiting for them to text me and uh, set up a, uh, another one. Have you gotten a good vibe from any team that you've uh, met with via Zoom? Actually, the Steelers, um, the Browns, and um, the Jets. Mm. Mm. Three teams that all need cornerbacks, I can tell you that much. And Mike Tomlin was at your pro day, right? Yes, sir. It's a good feeling when the head coach is at your pro day, and I can tell you this much. Steelers <laughs> love drafting Florida State players. <laughs> just throw that out there. Ready to work. <laughs> <laughs> just throw that out there. Hey, so we're going to switch up to the superlative part of our show. We're going to hit you with rapid-fire questions. Uh, I want your honest, unbiased answer. Pat P., I'll let you take the first one first. Uh, the favorite part of playing football, favorite part of playing football at Florida State? Playing in dope. Dope gamble. Mm-hmm. All right, I got one for you. Best St. Thomas Aquinas grad in the NFL right now? Uh-oh. Oh, I say right now, uh, it got to be uh, Nick Bosa. Yeah. Nick? Hey, that boy. I mean, they got both Bosa brothers, but one Bosa was injured. So, yeah, that, that Nick Bosa, he tough yeah. out there. Yeah, he definitely uh, uh, All right, I got this is my last one for, you, for me, Mac. Your best interception in uh. your college career? College career, I'll probably say uh, my first one, uh, my first one against Virginia. Okay. You remember, okay. you remember the play? You remember how it happened? Walk me through it. What route was it? Yeah. Take us through the play. What was it called? Uh, I think it was a, it was really like third down. It was the first drive of the game. They marching down the field and, um, uh, we was in a, uh, cover, we was in a cover two, but, uh, the quarterback started to scramble. So, um, you know, they tell us to split the defenders mm-hmm. and, uh, I split the defenders and, um, uh, he kind of threw it. He kind of threw it behind his, his target and, uh, I just made a play on the ball. All right. I, I got I got one for you. Best cornerback from Broward that's currently on this uh, on this interview right now. You gotta say himself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll be disappointed yeah. if you didn't say himself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let, let me let me switch it up with you. With, with this, like this you is said, we from Florida, man. We different. We don't give a damn who on hey, the Zoom call. I'm re- <laughs> hey, hey, I'm retired. I'm, I would say me, and I ain't covered nobody. Exactly. And I don't know how long. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, no doubt. All right, Zop, last one for you. Who do you hate more, Florida or Miami? Oh, Miami for sure. Oh, that boy said Miami for sure. He went to, he went to Miami. Why everybody that, – that was the first Miami we got. Everybody yeah, yeah, because Derwin, Derwin said Florida. Said Florida. Yeah. Why you hate Miami more than Florida? Because I just – I don't know. It's just something Maybe about it's, that. It's, it's closer to him. Yeah, it's closer. It's yeah. <laughs> I know I grew up with most of the players on the team, and they just talk so much. And, you know, Florida State, and they just acting like they just been killing Florida State all the whole robbery. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And Miami fans, they are annoying, though, because every time, you know, they they get, start off 3-0 and or the U back. How many years y'all going to be back? When y'all going to ever get to where y'all going? Every year, the U back. We back. We back. I guess you're admitting that you actually left. To be back, right. you got to leave, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, Zomp, man, we appreciate you joining us, man. All things covered. Patrick Pierce and Brian McFadden, man. Pleasure having you on. Uh, man, looking forward to seeing you get drafted. Sure. Hey, you look you look real good up in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Go ahead and rock that number 20. Who got 26? Hey, I think Benny Snell got 26. I'll but get four. They want me to just tell me they come get me. Hey, <laughs> remember I told you the Steelers love drafting. Florida State Seminoles, man. Yeah. So, yeah, hey, man, just regardless of the situation, just to be where you currently are, man, is a blessing, and yeah. you will get drafted. You know what I mean? And just take that opportunity and run with it, and and be 
you know, just appreciative of the moment, man. And we're going to continue to support you. And you know, I'm going to support you. You know, you're a Florida State guy, but man, anything you need from any, any one of us, me or Pat P, man, when it comes to the game, man, you know, we're here and, and, and keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate that. Thanks, y'all, for having me on here. Thanks again to J.C. Horn and Asante Samuels Jr. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. Peace. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.